Hello and welcome to another episode of the Boink Radio Podcast here in the Boink Network Discord server. Today is December 4th, I guess we'll say the year is 2020, and we are joined by uh, two folks from Leyline, a nonprofit looking to do some pretty interesting stuff with Boink. So we're going to be talking with them after our usual fun banter. Uh, you can join us every week, every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Boink Network Discord, where we talk about all things Boink. Uh, we, being myself, Jay Ringo, and Delta, who apparently just got back from Dubbo, which is a made-up place in Australia. How's it's it not made up, and it's the best <laughs> place in Australia. Why? It's the outback. It's out in the middle of nowhere. There's people there. It's beautiful. There's water. There's trees. There's nature. And you can go swimming in 45-degree heat. Well, sounds like you are in the heat of summer. Wonderful. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the big question then, I suppose, is what does one drink uh, during summer? What kind of tea? Well, I would have a tea specifically from Dubbo, but unfortunately it got stolen. (laughs) And so it it didn't actually get stolen, but somewhere along the trip, I lost the bag with my tea in it. And I had some, it was a really nice Australian, like pure Australian herbs and tea, um, little nice little jar of tea and i lost it well that is really sad but it doesn't matter because i've decided to buy some more tea um today i am drinking a beauty queen <laughs> is this another k2 it is another t2 and T2. i would have liked to mention the australian brand that i bought but i cannot remember it and i do not have the jar but beauty queen is a green tea and it states that beauty lies within and this teas oh. drop dead gorgeous with perfect daily ritual and blend is rich with skin-loving ingredients like green tea and jasmine and nettle and more moringa, whatever that is. <laughs> Sounds lovely. It is. It's. Uh, I haven't had green tea in a while and it's nice to get back to it. Yeah, you've been on a breakfast tea kick for like the past three weeks. I know. <laughs> I'm wow. sick of it. <laughs> Well, I'm glad it's, you've mixed it up this week. And yeah, we don't have many of the, the usual phases here drinking Riesling. Wait a minute, there's Koshi. Never mind. Koshi has the Riesling. Uh, we're missing Sack Pop with uh, Spice Rum. But I have the usual bland water, uh, which is very exciting. <laughs> anyone has, has another beverage they want to throw in the chat, uh, throw it in there and we will bring it into the discussion because liquid is gold. Oh, Dr. Pepper. I think this is the first Dr. Pepper we've ever had. Congratulations, Phoenix. Oh, man, I wish I had one. Me too. Nothing beats the doc. Uh, all right. Bundy. <laughs> doc Bundy? What's that? <laughs> no, Bundy. Bundaberg, mate. I've, are you mumbling? What is this? Right, I'll bring in Bundaberg next time. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's do the news, man. Let's get to it. Huh? Go ahead. You start. Oh, me? <laughs> Go for it. I, I feel like you have more things to share this week than I do. That's right, I got some rapid-fire news coming right out here. So, SRBase has had a lot of downtime. I think it had about three database crashes, and now it's had a network crash from their ISP. Uh, So it's been a horrible year, and uh, the admin's wishing that we can skip it. Um, So if you're crunching SRBase, hold in there. Um, they're, they're coming in there soon enough. They've, They've fixed all the network problems, and hopefully the database doesn't crash again. Uh, SRBs being a math project. It's usually up and running. Oh, man. Well, what are you going to (laughs) do? Empire Builder says he's drinking pure mountain oxygen, and we are all jealous of this. Um, Isn't liquid 
oxygen like minus like 200 degrees celsius or something uh like you would know more than me on that one. <laughs> all right i've got one coming out of world community grid the mapping cancer markers project uh this is having to do with the sarcoma stuff we've been talking about for several weeks now they're highlighting the small change to their application which is just a, a code computer code uh how that small change is going to completely change how the project works when it comes to analyzing markers for various types of sarcoma uh it's just a great example this whole project all of world community grid is freaking magical I, I don't know what else to say but it's a great example of how distributed computing works uh when it comes down to it's really just code running on your computer so if someone comes up with an idea to do something more efficiently a little bit differently even if it's just a very very small tweak it can change everything okay it's also a great example of uh, a team of scientists working with computer engineers with software engineers uh because the scientists it seems uh from reading this article wanted to figure out certain stuff but they don't know how to make an application but the the world community grid team does so the two just worked it together uh figured out what they could do and then did it so this is pretty neat i'm pretty sure the new um uh work units will be up soon if they're not already uh so check it out crunch world community grids mapping cancer markers project if you want to help uh fight sarcoma that's really all the news i have i have one more news item but the rest is on you man that's right. Uh, I got two. I got two left. So I'll talk about PrimeGrid first. Uh, PrimeGrid released some new applications, and they are all CPU versions of the Prime Crunching uh, application. So if you want to crunch primes on your CPU, you can now do GFN 16, 17, 17 Mega, 18, 19, and 20. Now um, it was accidentally a, a GFN 22 app was accidentally released, and um, probably glad they took it down because that application probably would have taken days or weeks to probably do given the size of the prime numbers for those things <laughs> um but yeah that's uh changes to prime grid if you want to go and find some primes always i always want to find primes did you happen to listen to last week's episode where i tried to pronounce the prime i think i did it right oh boy do i want to <laughs> uh but what's your other your other item oh yeah um news out of SETI at home uh, you all probably would have heard about the Arecibo telescope collapsing. Uh, and there is another uh, piece of bad news we got too. Uh, Byron Leigh Hatch, the founder of the Carl Sagan team, um, has passed away uh, in August. Uh, I don't know if we've already talked about this, but they only just released the notification just a couple days ago. Uh, Byron Leigh Hatch has been a member of SETI briefly after it started back in 1999 uh, and there's a remembrance page if you want to leave your wishes for him and interestingly enough um, Byron Leigh Hatch uh, has an account on Boink and they achieved 35 million credits with SETI at home. Wow there's a lot of credits well it's, it's a year man it's a year it is you know it's nice to see the Boink community coming together for stuff like this um really highlights that it's more than just crunching for science it is a group of people working together to do it uh yeah well i've got one thing i would like to share uh with everyone here and also particularly delta because this is a uh, new year's present for delta delta do you know um how we share our podcasts either through streaming or through our website or over a cup of tea yeah or over a cup of tea 
Uh, well, I've spent the past couple weeks learning how to build a website, and I've changed our main website to a thing for Boink. Woo! Wow. Let's so see check it out. We've got all the projects up there. We've got um, basically the site is here for thumbnails. people who are new. Thumbnails. <laughs> people who are new to crunching to really see what Boink can do uh, right out of the box. Uh, without any of the real, of the technical sort of uh, techno speak right there uh, in front of their eyes. Uh, we also want to highlight um, sort of news articles as they come out and what Boink can do for researchers. Because one of the big problems with Boink, and we'll be talking about this with the Leyline folk in just a second, is getting people into it. And I'm sure one of the issues is Boink seems pretty intimidating. <laughs> Both for researchers and for crunchers. So really, this is a um, someone who doesn't know how to build a website, myself, trying to build a website. So if anyone knows how to build a website better than the one I built, I challenge you to come in and contribute to this one. <laughs> also, there's a bunch of content in there on different Boink projects that I'm sure I got wrong. So if I got anything wrong, please correct me, and I'll update the site. Also, there are a bunch of images that are very clearly just stock photos. Uh, if you want to build images for the site, let me know, and I will put them up there uh, if we can work something out. I must say, it is quite spectacular for someone who's just learned uh, web development. It is WordPress drag and drop. Ah, <laughs> okay. <then. laughs> well, it works, right? It's just right there. It does. Uh, but you can still, dear listeners, hear us on the site, boink.network. Uh, where you've got a playlist on the bottom and the most recent episode right on the top. That said, let's dive in with the folks at uh, from Leyline. We got Jeremy De La Rosa and Jonathan Martin with us uh, here to talk about their nonprofit uh, that's looking to do some pretty cool stuff with Boink and hopefully fix some of the issues having to do with user adoption, retention, and and whatnot. How's it going, guys? Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me, by the way, or having me and Jonathan. I really appreciate it. I'm actually a fan. Uh, you know, I I'm on your Reddit sub and have listened to a few episodes, actually made sure I watched the, or listened to the past couple ones. And I'd love to continue discussions you have about gamification. There's really cool stuff there. Uh, so yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'll let Jonathan uh, intro. Yeah, I'm happy to be here as well. And uh, I was introduced to the project when uh, coming on with Leyline, and I've been uh, crunching for various projects since, and uh, very happy to come in and see my computer working to help get us out of this COVID situation whenever I'm not using my GPU. It honestly it gives me a very good feeling, happy to participate and get to know more about the vehicles. The COVID projects are such a big deal now, aren't they? Like, oh man. Absolutely, absolutely, so critical. It really highlights one of the main Main like points a lot of people who do crunch boink uh, make, which is just feeling connected to the work they're doing with their computer. And COVID is such a a, a big one. These cancer projects with World Community Grid are a big one. Uh, and surprisingly, like the math ones too. Like Prime Grid, the people who crunch Prime Grid <laughs> love Prime Grid. Uh, so I'm curious, man. Do you just want to introduce what Leyline is a little bit? Sort of tell us what you want to do and and all the stuff you want to tell us. All right. Well, yeah, I'm happy to do that. But you know what? One thing that uh, I wanted to ask you guys, I'm very sorry. Uh, do you normally not share your name? Should I just refer to you by your handles? What's what's your preference there? Uh, you can call me John or Ringo. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> I was about to go Dringo. 
you're so used to just being Delta engineering. Go, I forget about that. All right. No, I appreciate it. Because I was like, where do I find your names on this website? I can't. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy who's like, hey, dude, how are you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so to get into it, with Leyline, what we're trying to do is basically build an economy centered around altruism. And what that means is that we want to start to reward people for the good things that doing in the real world. And what we're trying to focus on, for sure, for all of us, has been a nightmare scenario for 2020. So we've been looking for ways to, okay, how do we accelerate solutions for this pandemic that we're in right now? And I've been an avid user of Boink for, I don't know, eight, nine years at this point. Um, and I've been working at Blizzard and ten, uh, Entertainment for the past 10 years, um, you know, developing and publishing a lot of our AAA titles like World of Warcraft, StarCraft, Hearthstone, Overwatch. Um, and throughout like that long journey, I, I just realized, wow, there is so much power we can harness in the gaming community. Um, not purely just from the pure hardware that's available out there across the planet, but even just the cognitive capacity for solving problems in a digital space. So there are 2.7 billion gamers on the planet, and we are barely leveraging any of that to start to solve problems in the real world. Um, and so, you know, one thing I, I also understood was, you know, Boink has a challenge of acquisition, uh, retention, engagement, and even win back. Because uh, honestly, like, it's it's kind of hard for me. I have to put a lot of effort <laughs> to make sure I'm still donating, you know. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I originally wanted to, I reached out to a number of the different organizations to try, try to say, hey, you know, I'd love to help. Um, and so the challenge is the the economics are not designed very well. It actually costs you to spend um, money or your skills and network to actually like have an impact like that. So we want to reverse to just only do a thing because it's it's good to do. Unfortunately, if there's no economic incentive tied to it, you're at best going to get five to ten percent uh, participation in that program. And so, you know, as I continue to try and push these types of features internally in the private sector, you just realize, like, man, if you don't have a dollar sign attached to this um, function, one, people may not necessarily participate if there's a friction to to participate to um, to act on it. Uh, but two, anyone that's like responsible for building that system and platform, they have no monetary incentive to to actually develop it because they're going to just focus on capital efficiency and just making more money. So I think that that's been a, a gigantic challenge for us to to address, and I think I think we got a really good shot here. Yeah, um, Phoenix Archer in the chat saying I'm down to get paid for my computation. Uh We're gonna make it happen, Phoenix. <laughs> We're gonna make it happen. Um, so you know, if if you want to go a bit into just the specifics and the core loop, what we're trying to do is just make it super easy for a user to connect to any number of causes that they care about, um, and we will actually make sure we normalize how they get rewarded for it. So Boink is such a perfect use case for us because all the validations already taking place on the platform. We just need to basically leverage the API and connect the Leyline account to your Boink account. And for every hour that you're spending crunching your computer, whether or not you got a supercomputer or a mobile phone, we'll just reward you by uh, valuing your human uh, capacity, which is like your time is the most finite and universal thing that everybody has. So essentially, we just you set your computer, you run Boink, and you start racking up Leyline points. You use those points to actually redeem prizes on the platform. So we're actually partnering with a lot of different sponsors and game developers and publishers and hardware manufacturers who are donating either cash or 
um, coupon codes, unique in-game items, and we can convert the cash into gift cards as well. So there's this whole like random prize pool with a bunch of really cool stuff in there that everybody's going to start to race to be able to claim. Um, and what we're doing as well is we're actually inserting those uh, those, those key codes into these non-fungible tokens. So they're digital items that are totally owned by the user and they can actually exchange that and trade it with each other or sell it out in the market. So there's a lot of, um, what we're aiming to do is just like dump a whole lot of value to the user, uh, which convert essentially converts into money at some stage as they do the trading. Um, and yeah, so we could, once we have that economic system in place, we could plug that into any nonprofit on the planet. So, so yeah, right now the priority is one, we want to help out the Boink network and really drive engagement. And two, we want to accelerate solutions for COVID-19. We got to get out of this nightmare right now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're thinking. And I, I love your feedback and questions actually on this. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see where you're, you've got a gaming background, right? You're coming from the gaming world, yeah. you got the NFTs, you got all the, like, I don't know. I think it sounds very exciting. Uh, particularly the expanding beyond Boink and trying to build a whole uh, ecosystem around like these quote unquote altruistic sort of um, developments because there is no altruism. If you can build an economy based on doing good for other people, it sounds really beneficial. It sounds like that's the economy I want to be a part of. Totally. That, I mean, honestly, like that's what I've been waiting for. You know, because honestly, I don't want to be out here. This is freaking hard work, man. <laughs> I just want to kind of chill with my kids. Um, but yeah, you know, I think when you really take a step back and you look at our entire ecosystem, this economy is not optimizing for people and planet. It's optimizing for capital growth. And so, you know, yeah, maybe we end up doing some good things for people and planet, but it's almost a secondary benefit to being yeah. profitable. And so I just want to smash that paradigm. Like it is, we are driving off a cliff right now and <laughs> like none of our leadership is like even aware of this. Uh, so, you know, I figured it's time for, you know, it's, it's kind of our generation's turn to step up and face the fact that things are really bad and do everything we can to help. Um, and, you know, that, that's where I was sitting at Blizzard, which is, you know, we are in a very, um, we're in pretty comfortable and luxurious living uh, in the tech space. And in the meantime, I'm like sitting here watching Netflix and the world is literally burning around me. <laughs> like people are like getting like, you know, getting evicted onto the streets or in food lines. The forests around me in California are, yes, absolutely on fire right now. Um, and so I figured... Okay, I, I I'm trying to make some improvements through you know the private sector, but it's just you know I'm just banging my head against the wall. So I decided, okay, let's step out and uh, sold all my um, physical possessions, sold my house, or pulled out my retirement money and just put it all right into this organization. And so we're a nonprofit. I just donated to it, and we are just hiring as many people as we can: engineers, designers, social media managers, um, to to build this platform. And it is an open source platform and we're an open knowledge project. So we are trying to build an army to make this thing happen. Um, and the faster or the more people we have on this, the faster we can build this thing and the faster we can get out of this situation. Open knowledge is interesting. That's not something you hear too much. Delta, what's up? Yeah, um, I think the idea of gaming is a very good one because Boink and the community behind it has always tried to encourage gamers to get on get on the ball because they have all the GPUs, they have the latest CPUs, they like getting the latest tech and everything like that, and that's where all the crunching power is at. And I think if if you're able to tell people that hey, you can 
purchase in-game stuff by crunching for science. I think personally, 90% of my friends will start crunching Boink just so that they can get stuff within the game without having to pay actual money. Well, in addition to that, there's a long tradition of charity work within the gaming. A large number of Twitch streams on any day-to-day any day-to-day activity um, are all charity streams. Um, this is something that is in a lot of different gaming communities. Um, there's a lot of motivation and organization in these communities towards this kind of charitable activity. This gives them a way to uh, do it in a focused way. So it's not just, and I think that's an important part. Absolutely. And the, the, the um, not just asking for donations, but bringing them into a scientific process, saying, come in and contribute to science, learn about science. Uh, Jeremy, I think you brought it up. Like the, the cognitive power in the gaming community is just massive. So if you give a focus here, like you can contribute to this um, to these projects at least. I don't know if your project's open source, but a, a lot of Boink is open source. You can contribute to that. You can contribute not just with your computer, but with your mind. You can develop stuff and, and, and move forward with that. Uh, I think it's going to be very powerful to bring gamers into uh, the Boink ecosystem. Uh, an inf- yeah, please, oh, sorry, please go ahead, Jonathan. Thank you. I was just going to say that an informal poll of uh, my my World of Warcraft guild, which has over 150 members, was 100% interest. Just mentioning it the other day. Every single person that responded. Was- yeah, it, it's freaking boy. Who wouldn't be interested in this if they knew about it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan, so I don't get why nobody else does it either. Um, but uh, to, to speak to a couple of your points there, um, you know, I think that um, the this... Uh, desire for gamers to want to improve the world is massive. The, the the vision and the will is there. Many people just don't have the pathway to make that happen. So we want to try and, and blaze that trail. And speaking to the appetite for gamers wanting to do good tied to getting gaming items, um, you know, working at Blizzard, I got to see all the charity sales that we did and the amount of volume that we got. And very easily, you know, World of Warcraft would put up a charity pet sale and boom, like literally in two hours, you have $10 million um, just donated to a, a charity. So, you know, gamers have the capacity to, to really contribute. And, you know, I think particularly in this in this day, or rather in this, uh, this year, um, certainly people are looking for some kind of outlet to participate because we're literally all locked in our homes. We can't like, you know, be with other people and physically help. So what are the things that we can do while we're at home and passive and, and actually contribute? So I think this is a, such a fascinating space to be in. Um, and, you know, I, we want to start with these easy use cases where it's a very passive activity that you can contribute to, but they're very easy things we could scale up to that do require more physical activity in the real world. And so one of the activities that we are actually um, in discussions uh, to partner up with the American Red Cross is to actually donate your blood. So donating blood actually has a potential to save three lives every time you do that. So you could just imagine what happens if you get like a billion gamers donating blood and get rewarded. Um, and it, it's quite simple, you know, so we are an open source platform. So, so everybody can see all the logic that we're doing. We don't even need user data. We just need to be able to allow a user to connect their Leyline account to the Red Cross API. And anytime you donate to the Red Cross, boom, you get a validation and we will hook you up with a bunch of Leyline points and give you some super special items that are unique to Red Cross that, you know, make you make your avatar super sparkly and amazing and uh, badass. Uh, so, yeah, we've got a ton of capacity to really build all these incentives on top of what's already happening with your intrinsic motivators. 
And a lot of us are actually from the gaming industry. So we've got the expertise. We've done the data science and experimentations. We know how to optimize engagement from features like leaderboards and competition, cooperation, problem solving, randomization and surprise, um, and a sense of growth and um, leveling up. So there's a there's so much that we can do to really build these motivators, even if they're little tiny motivators. In aggregate, it's powerful to to drive behavior into the outcomes that we want, which is doing good things and improving the world. Absolutely, that's like the main main principle of bike. Right? Everyone doing a little bit, contributing, and next thing you know, cure COVID, cure cancer, find the the asteroid that's going to kill us all or whatever. Uh, so of blood too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, I want to get into a couple of technical questions here, or a little more technical at least, uh, because the idea, I think a lot of people gauging from the chat, just like it's a good idea that people could easily get behind. Um, when it comes to integrating with Boink specifically, I think you mentioned that you use time crunching to get ley line points, or do you use the credit system, or how exactly does it convert from Boink to ley line? Yes, we're, we're actually able to pull the credits uh, without an issue, but as we are going through, okay, what's the, you know, how are bad guys gonna try to take advantage of this thing? We have to really rack our brains on how to address that. Um, and we have a very similar mechanisms over at Blizzard where we, all of our risk management tools and like understanding how hackers are gonna try to game the system. So what happened is, okay, there's a number of different scenarios. There's a scenario where you've got like Jack and Jane and Jane's got a supercomputer and Jack just has a mobile phone. Do we want to disproportionately compensate Jane just because she has access to capital? And the answer is no, that's like, that's not cool at all. How do we make that a more equitable compensation. So converting the contributions based off the hours spent is actually a way easier way to normalize and to, um, to make the rewards equal, regardless of your economic status. Um, the second scenario is, hey, we need to be careful about people just literally hacking the score because uh, you know we're working with a number of the researchers and they're basically telling us like, yeah, this is a, this is a hard problem that we don't know we can solve for you guys. So again, we were trying to think about, okay, what happens if someone just says, I'm gonna create like a million uh, boy credit court scores for myself. So what we assume is, okay, fine. If we just cap this at the most you can earn is, or the most you could do in a day is 24 hours of doing good. So we just cap it at 24 hours. So the most you can earn is 240 ley line points. So even if there's a bad guy out there that wants to do that, we don't want to punish the 99% of the good people just because of that one bad actor. So instead, we just absorb the fact that maybe there will be some cheaters, but at least they're always going to be capped at this finite amount. So that's why we chose the uh, the hours versus the uh, Boink credit score, just because it's, it's easier to manage, it's more reliable, it's more, uh, it's more uh, resilient against bad actors. Um, and there is one other philosophical principle behind it too. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this concept of time banking, but essentially it's this peer-to-peer uh, -peer ecosystem where people can exchange services and value with each other. Like say if I was a plumber and I had these skills and I had you know, somebody in my neighborhood that was like able to take care of kids, we could exchange hours of our value and skills to each other without a monetary transaction. But it, the essence is that we just value the time that we're spending um, to help each other. So we see that same kind of model here where it's like, okay, if you're doing good things in a real world, we should represent that as some form of time banking. And you can now exchange that value right now as direct, um, um, direct uh, claiming rewards, but theoretically this could be peer-to-peer. -peer. Cool, okay. 
Uh, yeah, because the credit system, uh, I work with another community that does sort of monetization stuff and we use the credit system and it's really confusing because each project does different credit distribution and a lot of the issues you raise. Um, and and we went that route though, because the the, the time equalization was, was too much. So it's interesting to see both uh, realms playing out. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how, how your method uh, ends up. Yeah, and you know, please Jonathan, go ahead. I was just going to say that um, <clears throat> the lack of standardization in the output of the projects has been uh, a problem for the engineers. Yeah, and, <laughs> um, they have been considering a couple of different ways of dealing with it, but um, that and they want to make sure that the projects that end up being worked on in the Leyline platform are projects that we absolutely know are valid, um, that, that don't uh, affect the integrity of Leyline in any way. So um, they are thinking about a whitelist system and um, perhaps in speaking to the whitelist of projects to kind of try to get some sort of standard for the data uh, being written. And it might behoove the Blink platform long term to create some sort of spec uh, for projects um, to kind of solve this problem going forward in the future, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It would definitely be nice to have standardization across all the projects, but Boink being what it is, uh, is really hard to get people to agree to stuff. So you ha you have all these projects popping up. Or like, no, we want to do it this way. And sometimes you just like if if a lot of projects are trying to do like flops uh, equivalencies, um, you, you just can't, and it turns into this huge mess. Uh, but please do if you can. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll be bringing uh, a whole lot of processing power and it'll be kind of an incentive to yeah. the projects to, to get on board with uh, cleaning up their output, you know, because we can really bring a, a lot of computing power to them if they want to participate in that. Yeah, hopefully. And, absolutely. and absolutely. And, you know, I think our approach to everything is all about partnerships and supporting each other. Um, so, you know, I've had a couple of meetings already with the, uh, you know, the Boink program committee, um, all wonderful people. And, you know, we're just trying to figure out, hey, how do we amplify you? Because at the end of the day, we're just really trying to throw a bunch of people at certain nonprofits and say, all right, you got something to do, we're going to throw 100,000 people here, we're going to incentivize the shit out of them to do good things for you. Um, and ultimately, what I love about Boink is that it is open source. So as we continue to build more and more um, talent in our organization, uh, a lot of which is actually coming in as volunteers, like it's it's been pretty crazy the past few weeks. We're getting like you know three to five volunteers per week. It's it's kind of insane. Um, that to me is this massive opportunity to say, hey, listen, we're partnered with Boink, which is this amazing platform, and they need help. They not they, not only do they need donors, they need people to help build stuff and make stuff happen. Like your website, for example, we can <laughs> throw some volunteers your way. Um, so you know, I think there's this big opportunity, not just about driving user growth, but also some attention and love, and you know, ways to further improve the product. Um, and, you know, it's not to say that we're trying to go into this space and, and change anything, but I just feel like, hey, here's this whole, like, uh, set of assets that you could potentially make use of, and, you know, we're here to help. Uh, so, anyway, that's the that's a dream, at least. Uh, I'd like to continue the technical discussion for a little bit. Uh, I did notice that on your website, you do also state that along with blood donations, coming soon is also a daily exercise regime. So... How do you plan on verifying whether or not I do 50 star jumps in the morning? 
Yeah, this is a this is a fun one actually. Uh, so we're actually prototyping it right now in our friends and family alpha test. If you guys want to pop in, by the way, we'll totally hook you up, and anybody on the channel too. We're happy to bring in some friends and family. Uh, so essentially, we make it super easy. You just log in, and then you check in today. You hit a button. It's like I exercise today. So right now, it's an honor system. So you'll earn your ten ley line points. But what we're actually working on, which should be coming in probably the next two to three sprints uh, or weeks, um, is we there's actually open APIs for many of these devices, whether it's Fitbit or Nike or Google Fit, et cetera. So what we do is the same exact mechanic, which is, hey, if you want to hook up your Leyline account to these public APIs with your device, we'll actually double the points that you get in. So it's actually we know you're um, actually exercising. And the cool thing is that we can even see how many hours you ended up exercising and then you know reward you for each of those hours. So you know you get this like little hook, which is like you know a bit of um, Leyline points. Like for example, if you don't have a device, we don't want to you know block people from exercising because <laughs> they're not rich enough to have an Apple Watch. Um, so, you know, that's the strategy is that we want to introduce this idea and this concept. And again, it's like the belief is if you want to improve the world, you got to be healthy and happy yourself first. Like it's hard to, you know, you can't swim, uh, you can't save some, well, someone from drowning if you can't swim yourself. So we're focusing on, okay, what are these incremental tiny things you could do for yourself to improve the world? What are the things that you can do to improve your own mental health? Um, so, you know, we're looking at experimenting with, um, uh, mindfulness or meditation, as well as just sleep. All of these things are actually, we, there are apps and APIs available to do this validation. And we can just hook up Leyline points to, to all those wonderful things. Awesome. Um, th so this brings up another question uh, having to do with other communities that are actually are, that, that do a lot of this stuff already. So there's, there, um, there's this block, a lot of it is blockchain tech uh, and cryptocurrency tech. So there's uh, this one called Steemit where they were actually integrating with, I think it was Fitbit and giving people uh, cryptocurrency for exercising. Uh, the other organization I work with is Gridcoin. Someone posted it in the chat here. We incentivize based off that credit model uh, and also a whitelist and uh, a lot of the stuff here. Uh, there's also incentivization models for folding at home through I think folding it coin, cure coin. Uh, and there are, there are a couple others. So there's a lot of experimenting uh, experimenting in this space. I'm just curious, uh, have you explored these other, these past uh, attempts and, and what's sort of different and, and what are you taking and growing with? Yes, absolutely. We did a lot of analysis in the market to just understand, hey, what do we do? What's our positioning? What's that landscape look like? And I'm a fan of all of these things. And, and frankly, I don't even see us as a competitor for that. I just think it's, hey, whatever we can layer on top of each other to just give value to users, let's freaking do it. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I, I've, we studied the Greek coin, uh, White paper as well. You guys did an amazing job. I love that white paper. I love the values and principles that you've put down there. Uh, so rock on. Uh, big, big ups to you guys. So, so yeah, you know, I, it's funny, you know, a lot of people and, you know, early on we were talking to like big investors and whatever and they're like, oh yeah, who are competitors? And are just like, yeah, I mean, there, there's these folks that kind of do a similar thing. But more often than not, we end up like talking to these people and we end up being partners because we're just like, we're both trying to like improve the world and reward people. So let's just, uh, let's just make it happen together. So, so that's that's our general stance on things, which is we want to be able to collaborate and want to bring people together to solve these problems. We've got this weird economy where we're just forced to like be at each other's throats all the time, try to squeeze out value to beat each other up. And that's just such a strange way to 
live. <laughs> so, so yeah, hopefully we can change it. You know, uh, you know, might as well try. Like, there's nothing to lose at this point. I really like this idea. <laughs> Yes, yeah. And well, you know, I, I'm sorry to eat up so much time, but I would love for Jonathan to, to speak as well, because um, he, he's got a really interesting story in terms of, you know, what made him uh, join the group. So I'd love to give him, a, give him a chance to speak if you'd like to. Um, yeah, I can do that if you want to. Um, <clears throat> so I, um, I've been a musician, a performing musician in San Francisco for about a decade, and I was involved in a house fire that burned my hands. And uh, during that convalescence, I had a fantastic friend who has since passed away who called me and basically was like, you need to look at what's happening in cryptocurrencies and you need to do it now. And this was in 2017. Um, so I, uh, I did that and I started getting into the space and uh, spending as much time as I could learning about it. And um, I watched the ICO craze. I watched everything that was going on and what I saw was a lot of greed. And I saw a lot of regular everyday people getting fleeced. Uh, for lack of a better word. Um, and I started spending my time creating content to help people understand these financial products, to help defend their capital, and to uh, help them avoid scams, basically. And, um, you know, there's a bit that you can do on that on your own, but I, I think this goes back to the beginning of the conversation with all these problems that we're talking about. COVID, everything was big problem, right? And when Jeremy came to me, I system uh, with a a way to take uh, my impulse to want to help these things and to get with other people who are doing that, right? To uh, add my efforts to a larger effort. And I think that it's the same. What attracted me to the project is the value in that, absolutely huge. And um, I also just want to speak, you know, having been on the backside of several projects now, um, I think that a huge and valuable thing that is happening at Leyline is, is the experience of the Blizzard crew. Uh, watching the development cycle and the work scenario that they have set up is, is really pretty pretty incredible. And I feel like a lot of work can get done and some real things get built because of the experience that they're bringing to the table. So that, that's what I'm seeing going on and uh, why I'm here right now and, and happy to be participating. You know, this, is, this is a good story. I think you're, you're dead on, man. The agency is a huge factor with Boink, with open source, with open knowledge bring that up if with everything being able to contribute in a world where it's like well i'll just let apple solve that problem for me <laughs> right <laughs> not anymore right, right. right. <laughs> there are ways to contribute now that's right and, and john you know like I, i'm like i said i'm a fan of this community um and I've, I've been a lurker in a lot of the forums and everything and i know there's just so many passionate developers here um and really leaning into that open knowledge topic um, we believe that knowledge should be free, just like Wikipedia believes knowledge should be free. And they don't try and like make money off of ads. They just do it because it's the right thing to do. And so for us, we've got so many veterans in this organization and more and more just keep on coming. And these are people that generally want to do good and help. And mentoring and training is actually one of those things. So our pledge, our commitment is that all of our knowledge is not going to be intellectual property that we keep. It's going to be open to the public. So we are bringing in students and graduates and recently unemployed, even to just observe and like sit in our discussions, watch our all hands meetings, look at all of our tools and templates and copy and paste it if they want. Um, that's very much what we're trying to do here is create this opportunity and create this springboard uh, so that people can kind of develop their 
career, their skill sets, and even network with other individuals. So that's very much what we mean by the open knowledge project on top of the open source code in and of itself. And we think that this is going to, you know, pretty have a pretty profound effect, particularly for students. Yeah, because like you think about the scenario that a lot of these college kids are in is that they're essentially learning on Zoom calls now. Uh, they are about to graduate and there's like no jobs available and are racked with hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt. And even if they find a job opening, they need three to five years experience to even get their foot in the door. It's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> so like, uh, so yeah, we just want to create this opportunity. And you know what happens is that you know they either get a job with us, or we're gonna enable them to get that experience that gets their foot in the door in the right place. And in the meantime, they're gonna tri contribute to doing something good in the world and feel awesome and be part of a great team culture. So we're trying to do the right things <laughs> in terms of not just the product, but also for the people and and our own culture. So we are very very open and would love to actually embrace. Uh, anybody from this community that wants to join us, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, we just want to share the love. All right. With that note, uh, we'll throw to Delta here for the last question, but I will put all the uh, contact information, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, in the description below. Uh, you can check them out on Twitter at Leyline, uh, L-E-Y-L-I-N-E, I think, uh, and, and show them some of that love. <laughs> Delta, what do you got? This yeah, it's big hard, old um, mess up any other questions here in the chat because there are some good ones and uh, I hope you uh, can go off of them soon. But uh, I'll probably hop off after I uh, get my response to this one. Um, here's, a, here's a good question for you and it's semi-serious. Um, when you talked about the altruistic economy, uh, you reminded me of very fond memories of watching Black Mirror and the episode where they had their phones and they were commenting stuff and complimenting things and giving good reviews and getting rewarded. Are you worried you're going to make that sort of economy? Uh, there's always a danger of that. There's no question about it. Um, and, you know, I think one of the principles that we have is that the way we're going to actually develop this product is going to integrate the community. And the people that are invested here are going to have a democratic say on how these things get developed. So one, all the knowledge and the insights and the trajectory and product development, that's going to be out there for people to inspect and to comment on. And what we want to be able to eventually build in is this voting mechanism where people have a stake in what Leyline is becoming. So it's actually not even going to be top down where, hey, this like elite team that owns this project is going to determine all the functionality. We're actually going to be beholden to the community to tell us what is the right thing to do. And, you know, obviously it's like, you know, design by committee uh, is a little bit dangerous. So of course, like we're going to have our key hypotheses and they're saying like, hey, this is the pathway we want to go. You tell us if this thing is going to work. And at the same time, what we want to do is also build these larger committees of experts and academics and people that are independent from the organization that can take a look at, hey, are there going to be social sociological impacts and economic impacts here and unintended consequences that you're not thinking about. So at least that way we hold ourselves accountable and we're constantly evaluating, hey, is this the right direction to go? Let's look at the metrics and understand what kind of impacts are taking place that we do not want. So that that's the philosophy there. And it's going to be a giant challenge. There's no question about that. But at least it's better than Facebook. <laughs> so you know, like put it that way. You can <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but you know, there's another key principle as well: is that we want to protect the data. We are not going to monetize anything off these data, and we're going to keep the minimum requirement possible. 
So we'll be GDPR, CCPA compliant, like no question, but we also want to secure people's data on the blockchain. So not only can that not be hacked, but the owner, the user has control of their data and they choose what they want to be done with that. And eventually there should be a world where you can monetize off your own data. Hey, it's like, hey, if you want to send me ads and you want to take my data, you're going to give me a cut of that ad revenue, which is the opposite model for, for the social media networks and Google these days where it's literally they, they addict you to their product, they suck up all your data, they sell it everywhere, and they blast you with ads. That is a totally terrible value proposition, and we want to break that paradigm. So lofty goals, but that's the, that's the direction, at least that's the principle and philosophy. Maybe, I think I was a bit too paranoid about people taping hundreds of Fitbits to their dogs then. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good idea though, I'm on it. <laughs> Only 240 lay points. Lay points. <laughs> <laughs> Not even for the points, just for the, the lols. <laughs> oh, I'm curious though, you brought up blockchains, which, uh, do you know what blockchain you would be using? Yeah, actually working a lot, but I'll let Jonathan speak to it because he is uh, one of our resident experts and he is amazing. So <clears throat> currently we are uh, working towards using the VeChain chain uh, with the ERC-1151 uh, for our uh, protocol for uh, the NFTs that we are developing. Uh, that's the, the what we're looking at currently, but um, you know we're always open to direction. There's a lot going on with regulation right now and a lot going on with development too. So um, I mean... Uh, earlier in the project, we were util, uh, utilizing one of the other uh, NFT protocols and have moved to this as so we found that it better suits uh, the needs that we're, we're trying to fill. Um, but uh, yeah, right now we are looking at VeChain as the core technology uh, for our uh, on-chain storage. Yeah, and, and you know, primarily we selected that because um, it's got much better scalability than Ethereum, uh, particularly because it is a separate um, gas fee e economy. So, you know, when Ethereum goes crazy, the gas fees are going to be like ridiculous and a transaction is going to cost you like $10 or something like that. Um, so VeChain was a very good scalable model, plus like it has all the compatibility with Ethereum too. But the reality is I think within probably a year or so, we're going to have cross-chain compatibility anyway. So the selection of blockchain is not as critical anymore. You just have to choose uh, one of the winners. Uh, VeChain was also really interesting because they have so many real world um, uh, business uh, implementations. So it's actually in use and has real utility now versus many blockchains that are all just this promise and fantasy. Uh, so yeah, we want to put our, our bet on something that's really working in the world. Oh, and I think it's uh, ERC 1155, right, Jonathan? Okay. Yes, yes, sorry about that. Meet, 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 meet. For a lot of the folks here who have no idea what was just said because they don't pay attention to the blockchain, you'll know in a couple of years. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Is, is this cool? Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, yeah, it, it's pretty bleeding edge tech. So uh, sorry if I confuse a lot of people there. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. The, the boinkers, they, they, they'll figure it out. <laughs> All right, I think... That's, that makes it about an hour, though. Uh, I'm going to scroll up through the chat, see what... Oh, there were some questions about um, your, your mentioning of open knowledge. Uh, how will uh, the questions coming from Ed N. Schmiller? Let's go with that. Uh, how will you license what you do, Creative Commons? Uh, or is it going to be copyleft or just open access? Or what's the route you're taking? with all the licensing? Uh, actually, we have not dug really deep into that yet. Um, but on principle, the best scenario for us is whatever it is we build, we want anybody to be able to leverage that too. However, we want to be careful to not let those mega corporations like build something and just like, you know, do the same, you know, 
super rich person stuff. Uh, so maybe in a perfect world, we can patent this and then give the patent free to any nonprofit organization that wants to use this. Um, but yeah, other than that, like we have not dug into the, the legal details and all this because we're still trying to sort out the legal details with all the blockchain and NFTs and the fact that we're going to be international and global. We've got a lot of ground to cover in terms of making sure this thing can, can function and uh, be legal in that regard. Uh, but that's a great point. We're going to get our legal team jumping on that pretty soon. Thank you for the question. Right on, right on. I'm looking for any others before we get to... Uh... Is it Eugenia? Eugenia? Is it a hard A or a soft A? Or a hard I or a soft I in your name? Eugenia, hi. Uh, you had a question here, which is a little loaded because you're coming from the team. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, we will hit that last. Um, no, I'm just skimming the chat here. Most people are, are pretty positive on it, uh, particularly with your, your uh, Eugene's comment on double dipping. So a lot of folks who do get rewards for uh, these other cryptocurrencies or these other platforms will also be able to, to work with the Leyline platform. Absolutely. Yeah, to me, it's like there's no reason this needs to be exclusive. Like if five people are going to reward you for doing one good thing, let's make that happen because <laughs> that's a hell of an incentive. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And a, a like an army of gamers in the back, ready to go with their massive GPUs. Uh, yeah, I, I think your, your comments on the sort of competitive competition atmosphere is, or, 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 or cooperative competition atmosphere is, is dead on. There's so many different groups trying to do good. Uh, there's no, to, if if they all start competing with each other, this is a huge thing in the blockchain space at large. So I don't know if Jonathan can relate to this. If they all try to compete with each other, they'll just end up building the world they're trying to replace over again, they'll just repeat the same thing. So it's uh, really refreshing to hear a different perspective on it and uh, to, to see the project you guys are building, which sounds insanely ambitious. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no shortage of uh, ambition here, uh, for good or ill, I think on my part, but it's, <laughs> that's the path I chose, so here we go. Hey, good luck, good luck. Um, and we'll, we'll end this, this with this last loaded question uh, from Eugenia. What is the roadmap for features in three months and six months? Sort of to, to generalize that, where you guys see yourself going? Like what's, how long until I can donate blood and, and get paid for it? Ooh, yeah, um, this one's, it's tricky, partly because it depends on our funding. So the more uh, funding we can bring in, the more engineers, designers, and producers, and product managers we can hire. And we design the organization such that it's rather decentralized and relatively flat. So we can now actually build features in parallel and just hook it up into a very thin platform. So there's a lot of flexibility we can do. And so, you know, we've been thinking about, okay, number one thing is we want to get uh, the core loop in place where essentially you can create your account, link it to a cause, rack up your points, um, claim your items, and then you could trade it on a marketplace across with other um, Leyline members. Um, so once that core loop is in place, we can now start to plug in all these different activities, whether it's um, you know the exercise, uh, uh, blood donations, etc. The other secret factor here is we're actually building out the Leyline Arcade. So the Leyline Arcade is essentially a mechanism for us to get users engaged on the platform. And the end goal is we want to be able to ideally have volunteer computing taking place on a browser. 
So you can imagine, okay, now you're on ley line, you checked in for your exercise, like, oh, I'm gonna pop over to the arcade, I'm gonna play a game of chess. And while you're playing a game of chess, you are crunching science data in the background. And the end-to-end -end goal is that we would love to partner with science-specific games. So the fact that you know Planet Hunters is out there, for example, they have users that are literally looking at scientific data and um, with our visual creative problem solving, we're able to start to sort out data. And so now you can imagine the users on the arcade playing a science game, solving science, they're volunteer computing in a background and they're earning points and getting paid. It's uh, also statistics that are gonna show up on your profile to say, listen, this is how much good you've done in the world. Uh, your profile is gonna show that you donated 50 gallons of blood your entire life. You donated a thousand hours in computing power and your com computations helped to uh, launch these particular white papers. All of that is on your profile and that is a secure digital identity. This is you in the digital world tied to you in the real world doing good things. So that's the vision of what we're trying to build out in this project. but that's targeted for 2021. And one of the major elements as well is getting us onto the blockchain, having the NFTs in place, the proof of concepts there. But we want to make these items so badass and cool to have that everybody's going to want a piece. So we've got amazing game artists that we're, we're building like some sick ass concept art right now. Uh, we're going to actually start off in our beta or alpha with the 2D images where you know we just layer SVGs and it's like still amazing cool art in your profile. Uh, but very quickly we're going to shift over into Unity and start build out all of those um, in 3D. So we're going to get an army of engineers to basically build hundreds of thousands of items and that's also jobs we're going to be able to create. So we want to make sure we fund as much as possible so that way we could scale the organization, give a ton of jobs, and then produce a, amazing amounts of content and features. And then we just bring on more and more partners um, month by month. So yeah, that's the, that's the game plan. We can make this happen. This is very achievable. Uh, it's hard work, but it's doable. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds very exciting. Keep it up. We're, we'll be paying attention as you guys develop uh, both to your Twitter and I think someone said, get in touch with them and maybe they'll get early access to, to test some stuff uh, in the chat. I think that was Eugenia, if you guys just tag her in the chat here. Uh, and yeah, that's that. Otherwise, check the description for more links on uh, Leyline. We'll have a link to their um, launch video, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and keep an easy ground to see what they're doing in the near future. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Jonathan, for joining us today. It was really fun. Yeah, same here. Thank you, Absolutely. John. Keep keeping it on. Point community. Uh, keep keep doing the good work. It's fantastic. Wouldn't have it any other way, my man. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to catch up again. We'd love to be. Uh, yeah, we'd love to be back anytime. Uh, so yeah, we'll stay in touch and give you some updates. And there's probably some cool stuff we'll be able to announce uh, in a month or two. And uh, yeah, happy to come do that over here. Right on. Uh, if Anyone listening has any questions that we didn't ask, feel free to reach out to uh, me on the Discord or go ahead and use the new website with the contact button and I'll be sure to forward it on to the crew, uh, Leyline. Otherwise, uh, have a great week. We'll see you all next week and happy crunching. Thanks.